0: The volume. Moneyline Monaco is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I love betting on FanDuel Sportsbook for so many reasons. Great odds and markets for the MLB, NBA, NHL, and so many more awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sports book. It's easy to use, safe and secure. You get winnings fast. And it's so fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day and night when you log in. FanDuel Sportsbook is now live in Ontario, Canada. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code MONACO so they know I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. Right, welcome in to another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. I'm your host, Alex Monaco. We have a special edition ep- episode for you on The Volume Sports. Of course, you know we are very good friends with The Action Network. And joining us today to talk all things MLB, Home Run Derby, All-Star Game, and all things baseball, Sean Zarillo of The Action Network, a MLB and UFC prediction extraordinaire, a sharp, some would say. Sean, thank you for joining me and happy to talk some baseball with
1: you. Yeah, thank you for having me, you know, modeling out an all-star game, a home run derby, a bit more difficult than it is, doing my day-to-day lines, totals, et cetera, for Major League Baseball, even projecting futures a little bit easier than finding data points that I think might be relevant for the home run derby. But that said, I did manage to compile, and I always do manage to compile some projections for where I think these fair odds should be. So, Hopefully I can give people some plus EV plays for playing the All-Star Game and Home Run Derby instead of just throwing darts at the wall.
0: Yeah, I'm fired up to to dive in with you here. What we're going to do, if you're cool with it, is go a little back and forth on a little volume sports first ever MLB draft for the Home Run Derby. So because it's not a ton of names, we'll go, you go, I go, you go, I go. And give a little rationale as to why you want to take who you do and then maybe let us know who you would be betting on in this derby tonight, taking place at Dodger Stadium. How how do you feel about that? You ready to dance? Yeah, let's roll. Okay, I'm guest first. We're going to go back and forth. You get first overall pick for tonight at Dodger Stadium. Who is Mr. Zorillo going with?
1: I'm not taking Pete Alonso as the favorite. Now that may surprise you, even coming into past derbies, Pete hasn't had the best metrics on paper necessarily. And again, this is an exhibition. Maybe it's just the contest that he completely owns. But if I'm looking for value, if I want to find something that actually aligns with where I project these guys, if I had no prior history of how they'd performed in the derby, Kyle Schwarber would be my pick. I look at the stack ass metrics amongst the eight players in this field He ranks first in a lot of the categories that I'm using, whether it's average hit speed, fastball velocity, or fly ball velocity on his fly balls and line drives. Maximum fly ball distance, so he's hit a ball further than anybody else in this field in a game. Maximum exit velocity, he's hit a ball harder than anybody else in a game who's in this field. Average distance on his batted balls, barrel rate, barrels per plate appearance. Shorber ranks at the top of amongst like eight of the 11 criteria that I would use to evaluate these hitters again, if I had no prior history of how they'd performed in derbies, but he's actually made a final before too. So he actually has experience with this format as well. We're going to talk about a little bit of park dynamics with Dodgers stadium. It actually typically flavors righties instead of lefties, but the wind is blowing out to right field a little bit tonight. So that may end up neutralizing it. It is a cookie cutter park. So you wouldn't expect there to be a big advantage for either side of the plate, given where the wind is blowing tonight, but Kyle Schwarber, I like him in a variety of ways here. Longest home run makes the final plus 135, I think is the best bet on the board because I'd make him a 70% favorite against anybody he's facing in the first two rounds. So Schrober, I think, is a great path to get to the final. Whether he ends up winning it, we'll end up seeing. But
0: I will take Schrober over Pete Alonso, maybe a surprise pick at number one. I think it's a phenomenal value pick, Sean. I think plus 290 at our local shop, FanDuel's great value for a guy that's leading in home runs of everyone competing tonight. I would be remiss if I didn't take the back-to-back champ. I'm rooting for history tonight. We've never seen three in a row. He's gone back-to-back. You saw Cespedes do it a few years back. You saw Griffey do it in the late 90s. It doesn't happen, the back-to-backs very often. And the back-to-back-to-back never happens. And I'm coming off of watching the last dance at the dentist. So I'm I'm feeling a three-peat right now, Sean. I want it. I think this man comes in, calm, cool, collective you know, a little bit of continuity with pitchers and for what it's worth, it isn't a true three years in a row, of course, because of COVID. So there isn't an inachievable element to what normally otherwise would be. He did have a year off, you know, so I'm I'm going to go with Alonzo plus 185. You know, I live in a Mets household too, as a San Diego kid. So I, I have to, my hands are tied, but you got second round.
1: Yeah. I'd have to go against my guy, Pete. I'm a Mets fan as well. So, The fact that I ended up having to bet against Pete every year is not the most comfortable thing for me. I want to root for my guy. But my second pick is actually going to be the guy Pete is facing in the first round, and that is Ronald Acuna Jr. These two faced each other in 2019, basically went life and death. Pete ended up edging him out by one. But uh, Acuna actually ranks ahead of Alonzo in maximum exit velocity this year, just a touch ahead. These two, two of the top three guys. In hitting the ball is the hardest and maximum exit velocity. If you just want to see power potential, it's a very good indicator. The harder you're able to hit your hardest hit ball is a good indicator of your overall home run upside. So something to look for if you're just trying to evaluate young players, see somebody smoke a ball. It's a good indicator that they're going to be a good home run hitter in the future. But he also ranks first The Cunha does an average home run distance and a second in barrel rate amongst this group of eight players. So talking about Schwarber and Acuna together, I like both of them to make the final together at plus 900. You can find that out there. I like Acuna's outrights at about seven to one. I projected him closer to plus 475. So value on both Schwarber and Acuna in my outrights. Those are my two favorite guys from a value perspective tonight. Parlay them together basically in it to make the finals wager, which you can find out there to name the finalists. Nine to one on those two to make the finals together. I think is pretty solid. And then on top of that, Acuna to win his round one matchup with Pete. This is basically a coin flip to me like it was the last time they faced off. You can get Acuna around plus 165 out there. I think that's how I'd go attacking
0: the first round matchups as well. Well, I may be gifting you uh, this third round pick because I'm going to go with value here and I'm going to go with a comfortability pick, Sean. I'm taking the former Dodger. Give me Corey Seager plus a thousand coming in Snickers angry. The team he should have stayed with is moving on without him and I think he comes in and look he's had a pretty excellent year powers power numbers wise 21 homers in a hitters park comes back to Dodger Stadium you mentioned the wind going out the right a little bit I would be remiss if I didn't take advantage of that with a power hitting lefty you can't say enough about how many times this man has done BP in this park that's got to count for something. I'm going to go with Corey Seager plus 1,000 to go into the X's building and catch a W here. Before you pick your third one, what do you think about that?
1: I love that. Actually, Seager would have been my next pick if you didn't take him. I make him a slight favorite over Julio Rodriguez in the matchup board. So about 52% for Seager against Julio Rodriguez. Definitely going to be betting his matchup prop at plus 135. Absolutely love that pick. He's fourth on my tote board in terms of where I projected these guys. Made him around plus 840. So 10 to 1, I think, as you said, definitely looks like a solid value pick. And even if you're just looking to bet, you could bet the National League versus the American League here. I only made the National League 76%. I saw odds as high as plus 325 on the American League player to end up winning the Derby. So even though they only have three out of the eight guys in the field, I actually still think it plus 325 if you just want to bet the AL field and get all three guys, might not be a bad way to go about it. For my third pick, I'm going to go with the guy who I have right behind. Well, I I should say I would go with Julio Rodriguez, but I I just mentioned that I do like Seager over him. So I'm going to leave Julio for you if you want him. I'm going to go ahead and take Juan Soto, actually. And here's my justification for it. You look at the four matchup props. He's the second most likely winner, in my opinion. I made him about 60% against Jose Ramirez. I was actually surprised that Ramirez doesn't have better metrics across the board in in terms of his batted ball stuff. But his, his success this year has really come with his batting eye at the plate. He's, he has more extra base hits, Ramirez does, than he has strikeouts this season. That is a rare feat. Guys around 50-plus extra base hits and 37 strikeouts. So phenomenal plate control, great at putting the ball to play, but just a little bit more of a line drive hitter, gap hitter to me than Juan Soto is, who we've seen come into the Derby in the past and be able to lift the ball. Actually led him to a phenomenal second half last year. My one concern with Soto and why I haven't fired on his MVP odds live in season. He's been playing with a knee injury. It's been pretty obvious. He's gotten random days off. So I'm actually surprised that he's in this derby. But if I want to look at guys who I think have upside to win it, Soto would definitely be next on my list.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a great back pick there. I'm going to go with who you just, you just dished me. Who? Leo Rodriguez coming in on the hottest team in baseball right now and a big part of what the M's have been doing as of late. A couple of clutch extra base hits and homers. The man's just got the good juju. This is a good vibes pick. He only has 15 homers on the year. But if there's something to be said about coming into the break with a ton of momentum, you could argue Rodriguez has the most in this derby. So I'm going to take Julio on FanDuel right now at plus 850 right below Seager. And it's on to you for our, I believe, last round pick here.
1: Yeah, between Albert Pujols and Jose Ramirez, I would have expected to take Ramirez, but I just gave reasons why I don't love him that much. And Albert can actually still drive out balls in batting practice. So I'm going to take Albert. I projected his line around plus 1,700. So there may actually be slight value on his outright number around 20 to 1. I don't love the pick, but we only have two left to choose from. So give me the old man. He used to play in Dodger Stadium too. He's been in a home run derby in the past. So park familiarity, experience
0: in the derby format. I'll take Pujols. I don't hate it at all. I would have gone Pujols over Ramirez. I'll take Ramirez at the end. Mr. Irrelevant for this draft. A phenomenal breakdown by Sean. Make sure to follow him on Twitter throughout tonight and prior to for all those value picks. Tons of ways on FanDuel to bet and mix and mingle with the Derby. So a lot of fun here and should be a good one. But now let's talk about an outing and an event tomorrow night. The main event. And a rare all-star game that has implications, Sean, in professional sports. We have the Major League Baseball All-Star Game coming in Dodger Stadium and the American League, to say the least, has been dominating since you and I were kids. They've won 20 of the last 24. And I don't know how we come in and feel confident about the National League, but I'm going to throw it to you on FanDuel right now, the National League. Minus 116 to Americans League, minus 102. So a slight favorite towards the home team here. And of course, the over-under is eight. How do we feel about going American League again? Or you want Team National League here for tomorrow night? So here's how I broke this
1: down. Better starting pitchers, American League. Better starting lineup, American League. Better defense, better bullpen, better bench lineup, all National League. So pregame, first five innings, now it's, it's difficult to detect how they're going to utilize the pitchers, right? You're not necessarily going to get Garrett Cole coming in after Shane McClanahan, who then gets followed by Justin. Like, you're not going to necessarily get one starter after one starter for the first five innings. But if you assume that that's the case and you give them the better starting pitching advantage in the American League and the better lineup, I would certainly make them favored for the first five innings. I made their first five line with the better lineup around minus 114 assuming the pitching usage gets used where you get the starting pitchers front loaded and the relievers back loaded, but these managers can play matchups and bring in the relievers early. You don't have to use your relievers in the final four innings. So in terms of where I projected the line, I made the AL favorites for the first five innings minus minus one fourteen. but the national league lineup for the second half of this game is much better than the American league bench. So what I'm going to look to do, if I can't get a good first five number on the AL I'm going to look to live bet this after the starters start coming out because I think the National League, particularly with their lineup, but also their relievers, I make much better than the AL group. So at the start of the game, the AL, I would make a favorite. Over the full game, I projected this line basically as a pick up around minus 101 for the NL. So I'm going to look to target the NL live once you start seeing those starters get removed after you go through the lineups twice. I think the National League should have an advantage in the second half of the game. So if it's tied or if the National League is even down a run, I'm going to look to jump on them live after about five innings. As far as the total goes, the last 15 All-Star games since the steroid era ended, since the juice ball era ended, the average run total has been 6.8 runs. So the the All-Star game tends to be very low scoring. If you had set the total at seven and a half for each of those games, the under would be 10 and five, and it's only gone over nine runs once. So it tends to be very low scoring, tend to get... With these pitchers facing, you know, minimum three batters or not going past the lineup more than one time, you tend to get them in their best matchups, particularly with how the managers are going to deploy them. So, would lean to an under. If there's early scoring, I'd probably t- look to take a live under, but I'm definitely going to look to target the National League, as I mentioned, after about the first five innings, once you get the lineups turning over into the bench.
0: And how much do trends, Sean, play a factor in your decision making? Uh, you mentioned that under, it's six under excuse me 12 and 3 in the last 15 but particularly the last several years it's also leaned under and you come off a hitters park in Coors you get a 5-2 outing last year how much do the trends in the history of this game factor in your decision making I lean under tonight or tomorrow night as well but that's me kind of looking in the weeds of what's happened year to year are you from a betting perspective looking at trends in this particular game, or do you try to let all of that go to the side and make a this year's pick?
1: Yeah, I mean, with almost everything that I do, I try to just leave trends completely aside and and bet based off of the number that I come up with. That said, this is a unique circumstance, and you have to understand that the trend may have some predictability because of the way pitchers get used differently now. You don't even see the starters for the All-Star game, the, the starting pitchers, the all-star game they rarely even go two innings anymore they used to go two innings almost guaranteed now more often than not they're out after an inning so much more aggressive pitcher usage from these these managers in terms of getting guys in and out playing matchups more aggressively being willing to use relievers as your second guy out of the bullpen so I think that that trend actually points to pretty logical standpoint of how this roughly does play out on a year-to-year basis and as I said like it's not just the fact that as you mentioned the under has gone 12 and three it's, it's we've only had one game even go over nine runs in the past 15 years like these are low scoring close competitive games where you're getting a lot of difficult at bats for any single one of the batters so unless you really get a pitcher come in who's completely falling apart that's the only time you're gonna get your run scoring by and large or unless they're hitting mistakes but Yeah, I I definitely would factor in trends more so for something like the All-Star game than I would for any regular season game. We could talk about some MVP trends in a second, but based off of my number, I would lean under. I would have bet the under at eight probably. Don't love it at seven and a half because I make it about 7.7. So I would bet the under eight if it pops up again. But as I said, definitely prefer the live targets on a live under or a live nationally bet.
0: For those that do want to live Austin Powers dangerously and parlay this this game, you look at 18, the last 20 have, have been by three runs or fewer as far as AL victories. When you're combining run line and total runs, which FanDuel offers, you can go AL minus one and a half and the over or the under or the NL plus one and a half and the over or the under, all of them are plus money. Any value there or anything you would sprinkle on for those listening that do want to parlay this?
1: So I would lean to, as we talked about, I mean, certainly if you're taking a plus one and a half, you want to correlate it with an under. If you're taking a minus one and a half, you generally want to correlate it with an over. The one thing you should always remember, it's much harder for the home team to cover a minus one and a half than it is for the away team. Because if they're leading by one after eight and a half innings, they're not going to cover that one and a half unless of course it ends up getting tied and goes to extra innings, but they need to walk off Homer at that point in order to do it. So always try to cord- correlate your plus one and a half with unders your minus one and a half with overs. I would probably lean to the plus one and a half on the NL and
0: the under. So official picks before we move on to regular season ball here, you're leaning under and you're feeling confident. You doing anything official F five, you just going full game.
1: If I get a minus 105 or even a plus 100 on the American League for the first five innings, I would probably bet that, yeah, because I do see enough of an edge in their starting lineup. I actually think the NL bench might be better than the starting lineup that they were putting out. So if I get, like I said, minus 105 would probably be my cutoff for the American League for the first five innings. If I see that pop up,
0: I'll definitely bet it, but otherwise I'm going to wait live. And on the lives, any last-second tips for people when to fire on a live bet in an All-Star game?
1: For all-star game, it may be a little different. Like I said, I'm going to wait until you start seeing the starters get pulled out because normally you get about two at-bats per player. But from there, they can just pinch hit anybody that they want, basically, and just move people around to different positions. If you're looking to live bet a normal baseball game, definitely target around. And this would this would hold true for the totals here as well. If you're live betting an under, seven and a half is way better than seven because there's a higher probability that you're going to get that push on seven. But there's almost no difference between eight and seven and a half because there's a lower probability of getting that push on eight since you get a one run game, four three. It's less likely to be a five three game than it is a four three game. So definitely target around your odd numbers. If you're playing overs or unders, seven and a half under, six and a half over, those are the key numbers that you want to target. Push probability on seven. But with a normal regular season game, you want to look when the team you're betting against is getting to the bottom of their lineup and the team that you're betting on is getting to the top of their lineup. You also want to bet on a team when they're about to pitch as opposed to when they're going to hit and then hope you get the shutdown inning because you're always going to get a better number when your team that you're backing is about to pitch.
0: You mentioned something very interesting before we move off about the MVP of this game. We, depending on what state you're in and where you can fire on what for the MVP, but you said something about pitchers and the history, and we have something that could be a stars aligned moment. Can you share with us a little bit of the background of the MVP for the All-Star game?
1: Yeah, so the MVP is almost always a hitter. You have to go all the way back to 1986, I believe, which is before I was born, to find your fourth pitcher in the past four decades who has even won the MVP award. Roger Clemens won it in Houston. But since then, Pedro Martinez won in 1999 in Boston, which he deserved, striking out, I believe, five of six or all six batters that he faced in the height of the juice ball steroid era. But then the other two... Shane Bieber kind of got gifted one at home in 2019. They didn't really know who to give it to, so they gave it to the hometown pitcher. And then Mariano Rivera got one in 2013 in City Field as a retirement gift. So by and large, unless you're a hometown pitcher or unless you're getting retirement gift, you're not getting the award. So maybe Albert Pujols or Miguel Cabrera gets one if they come in and get one pinch hit and drive in a run. Uh, if I'm looking at a long shot, I want to see what the odds on Clayton Kershaw are going to be. Be When those come out, I believe we have some delay on getting pitcher odds out because the official starting pitchers haven't been announced. Sandy Alcantara should get that start, by the way, for the NL. But if they're going to give a gift to a hometown player, Kershaw would be the pitcher I would expect to get it. So unless it's Kershaw, you're targeting from the pitching standpoint, I would leave everybody else off of your list and focus on a hitter who's going to be near the top of the lineup and maybe gets two or three at bats. So maybe Trey Turner sitting around 16-1 should be hitting at the top of the lineup. Again, gets the hometown bump for playing in LA, but Trey Turner around 16 to one of the position players. I would prefer probably to Mookie at plus seven fifty of the Dodgers. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at what the Kershaw number is when that comes out. Even if he pitches an inning, he may get just that, that slight love for getting the nomination to the all-star game and getting it in front of
0: the home fence. I love it. All right. Let me, let me wrap this. We have you with your thoughts on halfway through the AL, the NL, any futures value you see in the American League, the National League, do you already have a World Series ticket? You're sitting on, you know, Yankees, Dodgers, of course, the top two in their respective conferences, leagues rather. What do you have as far as at the midway point in the futures category for the AL and the NA?
1: Yeah, my future, my preseason futures were the Brewers and the Jays. Brewers looking fine. Jays have definitely struggled with, the, with that extra wildcard team. They should be able to get into the playoffs, I would assume. At worst is the final of the three wild cards. The team that I really like, though, at the midpoint is the Braves. I added their NL pennant future at about 7-1 to a couple weeks ago. I still really like where the numbers are now. Plus 900 to win the World Series. Plus 450, excuse me, to win the National League. You look at Fangraphs projections right now. The Braves are plus 670 implied to win the World Series and plus 370 implied to win the pennant. That's per Fangraphs projections. I was pretty closely aligned with Fangraphs coming into the season. I prefer those, their World Series and pennant Future odds, to their divisional odds at this point. I think the divisional market has aligned with where it should be. You can actually get a couple percentage points worth of value on their World Series and pennant Odds. This Braves team is better than the team that won the World Series last year. Just completely better. Uh, they didn't have Ronald Acuna Jr. last year. They don't have Ozzy Alves now, but they will get him back in time for the playoffs. So their lineup is completely loaded. Max Freed has taken a step forward. Kyle Wright has taken a step forward. Spencer Strider looks like one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. We could strike out minus walk rate. He's basically a top five pitcher right now. They're going to pull the reins back on him in the second half a little bit and able to keep some bullets in the chamber for the playoffs. But come playoff time, you're talking about a better lineup than they had last year. Bullpen just as good. And then going from games three and four of a playoff series from Ian Anderson and Oscar Noah, and Noah was just basically a bullpen game, to Kyle Wright and Spencer Strider. That's a massive upgrade. Charlie Morton struggled at the beginning of the year coming off of an e injury or Broken leg, possibly, in the playoffs last year. He's rounded into four. So this Braves team, top to bottom, I think maybe the best team in the National League. Maybe the most complete team in the National League. Dodgers have some holes in their bullpen, some question marks in the rotation. I know they're great, but everybody on paper right now, if you put them all on equal footing and just line them up for the divisional series of the playoffs, I think the Braves are the best team.
0: And just looking at that AL lineup here, the Yankees at plus 140. In your years of firing on futures, halfway through, have you ever seen a team as low as plus 140 to even money? And do you think the Yankees potentially get even lower on FanDuel, Sean, than plus 140 at the moment?
1: To win the AL pennant? To win the AL pennant. Not at this point of the year. I remember seeing a couple of years ago, the Astros around the trade deadline. So, you know, a few weeks from now, maybe even closer to August, the Astros got to about plus 150. So at this point, seeing a plus 140 out there is kind of crazy to me. I think we're on a collision course at this point for Astros and Yankees. I think it seems pretty evident. Uh, The other teams in the American League just kind of Have holes, have weaknesses. You know, I mentioned I like Toronto preseason. Kevin Gausman got hurt, came back, looks fine. But they definitely have some question marks in their bullpen. Their lineup has not hit as well as I thought. So I think we are on a Yankees and Astros collision course at the moment, unless the Jays end up adding more pieces. Um, I would probably be betting the Astros in that series if it got there. I think the Astros are every bit as good as the Yankees. The Yankees have obviously had tremendous amount of success, would give them the better bullpen. Starting pitching, though, by that point, is going to be relatively equal because the Astros still have Lance McCullers Jr. coming back. I would expect them to probably add more pieces as well. So the Astros, I couldn't put too far behind the Yankees right now. I don't have an exact number to give you, but I don't think there's any value in betting that plus 140. Certainly, you're going to get roughly the same number come playoff time. Maybe it'll be even money, but I don't really see it getting to a minus number come playoff time. So, yeah, definitely would look to target Houston as the second best team in the American League and I'll probably just end up waiting until they face each other and firing on their series
0: money on. I'll get you out of here with this. Uh, Of course, you are in a Mets household as well. The year 2000 was a special one, Sean. I will say, Yanks, only eight times ever learned this at MSG that the New York Yankees have led in home runs, run differential, and wins all at the same time to wrap the season. They're on pace to do that seven of the eight times they've done that. They've won the World Series. Them holding court with the Mets, is there any world where George Costanza, who worked for both the Yankees and the Mets, gets a guaranteed ring here and there's a Subway Series?
1: Oh, there's absolutely a possibility for it. And it's funny because we have a guy named Jason Alexander pitching for the Brewers, who's I both won money on and has cost me money yesterday because he came (laughs) in a bit of a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. But I've also been watching some Seinfeld lately. And I don't know at what point they decided to, you know, in the first episode, they're literally talking about the Mets, the first season they're talking about the Mets. And then all of a sudden there's that shift towards the Yankees in the show. So I wonder if they got paid off by the Yankees a little bit for brand awareness or or what happened there, because Jerry's definitely still a Mets fan, but feels a little traitorous that they they just the the theme of the show to the Yankees halfway through.
0: I know I hear you well I love to hear that Sean phenomenal value thank you so much for coming on best of luck to you with all your home run derby and all-star bets and everything baseball move forward make sure to check him out at all things the action network Sean Zarillo, stopping by the volume sports great to meet you and thanks so much man
1: thank you for having me happy to join anytime
0: volume.